welcome to another edition of the Godfrey's Law Real Business Solutions Podcast. My name is Brad McDonald, I'm your host today, and I'm lucky and thrilled to be joined by Michael Philpott, New Zealand's number one speaker coach, who helps his clients with public speaking presentations and investment pitching. Uh, we are recording this podcast today in level two, uh, and we're doing this via Zoom, so hopefully it all comes out in the wash at the end and it all sounds all right, all right to you listeners out there, so uh, thank you for your uh, patience and listening to us uh, via this methodology. So look, welcome Michael, it's great to have you on board. Hey Brad, thanks for having me on board, uh, thanks for the invite, it's always nice to be able to share a little bit of love with the people out there, so hopefully I can help do a bit more of that today. Fantastic. Yeah, no, thank you. And that message uh, for me of you sharing the love really shines through uh, the material I've read about you online and, and what drives you and what you're passionate about in terms of giving back. Uh, so that's fantastic. And that aligns nicely with a lot of things we do here and then what this podcast is about. So we're going to rip right into it. I just want to start off, first of all, the lawyer's disclaimer, but this time it's a little bit different. I've realised that both Michael and I have something uh, in common. We're both bald, beautiful and tattooed. So what a fantastic start. <laughs> love it, love it. Nice. <laughs> Co- common ground. Common ground, indeed. That's important in these uh, strange times. So for our listeners who may not be familiar with you, and, and I do see you everywhere, which is fantastic, can you tell us a little bit about yourself just to set a little bit of context, please? Yeah, for sure. So I'll give you a real quick like history rundown. So I started as an outdoor guide. Uh, which put me in front of uh, groups of people where I was having to succinctly give instructions that determined whether or not they lived or died. Uh, from there, <laughs> uh, so I, my specialty was abseiling and rock climbing. So if a harness isn't done up properly, uh, people will die, right? So mm. part of the organization I worked for was called Full On, and we worked with the American ambassador students who were coming through to New Zealand. We had one client and we're not allowed to kill them because we'd lose the whole contract. Uh, we were doing a personal development program that where we used fear as an exercise of uh, overcoming fear in the outdoors to overcoming fear in other areas of their life. So part of that meant that I had to get up on stage. So uh, it took me about three years. And I remember the first presentation I ever gave, I was freaking out because it was, we had to personalize these stories, you know, like personal development, growth stuff, the line of choice, but you had to make it your own. So I got really good at doing that. I then went into, got sucked into corporate development and I ended up uh, training under Dr. Rich Allen and Dr. Richard Bolstead in uh, accelerated adult brain-based learning and NLP. And uh, I got pulled into the New Zealand police to help redevelop and retrain them in high performance coaching. So I was coaching the coaches on how to coach people, which then my, my employer actually passed away and I was kind of a bit lost for a while. I ended up working in the prisons, doing some stuff there, which was weird and uh, different and then I ended up starting up my own company with my wife and I then became the speaker coach for TEDx Christchurch which made me really because I was in training development generalist and then I went specifically into speaker coaching so everything mm. I do now is around that. Fantastic well that's a that's a good uh, potted highlight tour of, um, of, of what you're about and how you've got to where you are today so thank you that's excellent. Before we go on, I was really interested to read and some material I've seen online about you describe yourself as an ambivert, which is a, a really cool sounding phrase. Can you just tell us a little bit about what that means, Michael? Yeah, for sure. So one, one of the things, right, is extrovert, introvert, extrovert, people mistake them for how we behave. So if I'm overly expressive with my hands and I look like I'm comfortable in front of a group, people would consider me to be extroverted. Yep. The, actual, the actual truth of those, those uh, characteristics, the names of them, is how we actually get energy. So mm-hmm. 
for me, when I stand on stage and speak and present, I use a lot of energy. And being around people doesn't replenish my energy. Being alone in the quiet on my own actually gives me my energy back. So uh, therefore, I am ambivert. I can be out there and expressive and I enjoy it, but I regain my energy quietly on my own. Mm -hmm. Okay, fantastic. I find that really interesting. Thank you. You talked just uh, briefly there about neuro-linguistic programming. Just really quickly, what is that and how how has that led to where you are today, if at all? Yep, so NLP is essentially, it was the study of excellence. So how do people get the results they get? And at the most micro level, what can we replicate that they're doing right down to, the, to how they process information quietly in their head? What can we replicate to get the same results? So that, that transfers across. When I studied it uh, with Dr. Richard Bolstead, his doctorate was coming about from his work in Bosnia with uh, people that were suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. He taught the doctors there how to implement a 15-minute trauma cure that worked effectively. And he did it using a translator with the doctors. So you can go really in depth with it. I use it mostly in workshops, but I also use it with uh, the biggest part is probably rapport and how people are engaging with the audiences and how they're using micro skills in there to get the outcomes they want. Okay, excellent, fantastic. I see you're big on LinkedIn and it seems that there are a number of business owners are are getting themselves out there on LinkedIn and other different social media platforms. And I've noticed noticed a real increase since uh, lockdown uh, 1.0, people getting their message across via uh, video snippets and you do a lot of that and obviously really effectively and some cool stuff there there we haven't seen it what would you say to business owners who are maybe thinking about that but are hesitant to do so more so now uh being being out there socially so um the best example i would have would be um that springs to mind is jason paris so he's the ceo of vodafone for new zealand right and mm-hmm. yet, he, he is prolific with sharing about himself, but also he shares really good stories about his team and what's happening. And through that, he is the representative. He's the face of Vodafone. It's just, a, it's such a good platform. It's free to use. And with a little bit of creativity and a little bit of self-expression, you can go a long way for your personal brand, but also for your organizational brand. I think in New Zealand, we are way behind the you know behind on this overseas more and more people are picking it up and i think we are starting to catch up but there are 755 members globally on a professional networking platform uh who are there to listen to your story so if you're not on it you definitely should be um posts photos videos and carousels are the best way to get yourself out there. Photos seem to be doing exceptionally well, and it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Just a cool photo of your team. You know, uh, the thing I would say, if you're gonna use photos, make sure that you use the principle of uh, mirror neurons. So don't take a photo that's miles away where you can't make out people's faces. Have something that's up close so that you can, um, so when people see it, they can feel the energy coming out of the photo. Uh, that little level of, of input and you're going to get thousands of views on it, which is great for you and it's good for your company. Excellent. Um, that's a real good practical tip for people listening to today. What's a carousel, just quickly? I'm not familiar so with that. So a carousel is when you upload a document um, on there, but you make the document through something like um, Canva and you make it minimal content, like literally minimal content. Let's go Guy Kawasaki's 
you know, uh, 2030 10 principle. Um, you, essentially, you're doing that, right? But it's something that can grab people's attention. They can understand it quickly. Uh, the last carousel I shared was kind of like five mistakes, don't make them. Uh, and it had over 10,000 views. Right. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Um, when it comes to networking, uh, many lawyers that I know are fans of what, what I term the classic elevator uh, speech. What do you think is the best way, if there's in fact even one way, and I imagine there are many, to get your message across uh, these days? Because I'm very conscious that it's a very crowded you know, marketplace out there in the online world. What, yep. what are your thoughts around that? And I know it's, it's a very big question, but any thoughts? Yeah, for sure. So business transformation and change would tell us that whenever we want to, to impact, we have to have a minimum of seven different ways of saying the same message, communicating it before people will pick up on it. So essentially, you can just use every style that you've got repetitiously. Let people know who you are and what you do and why you do it in mm -hmm. lots of different forms on lots of different platforms and lots of different ways. Uh, that's that would be it right so i mean this is a podcast this is a different way of getting some information out there uh, yes. you know there's video there's all sorts of different styles but it's repetition just repetition saying the same thing in a different way yep okay obviously as lawyers we uh, often find ourselves uh, doing a lot of speaking as part of our craft of course and, and sometimes we have to give presentations to uh, you know, audiences of fellow lawyers and, and quite frankly, nothing scares me more than sort of 60 or 50 lawyers sitting in a room critiquing everything you're saying because uh, you can read it all in the eyes. Uh, are there any differences from your perspective, Michael, in the way that people should uh, look to approach a uh, presentation for a large group versus a small group or are there lots of similarities in that approach? So I'll, first off, I'll go back because what you've, yep. what you've just touched on is really important and I think it's super important for everyone to know. You've just kind of covered it, which is peers are the worst audience that we can ever present to. So, um, you know, a lot of times I've been asked to come into organizations and they're like, oh, we'll do presentations and stuff and it'll be easy because it's to their peers. Uh, straight away, it's like, you've got to be joking. If you deliver any presentation to an audience who don't know what you're talking about, you've got that area of you're the subject matter expert. As soon as you deliver to your peers, you know that they're critiquing every word because they know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that psychologically has a massive impact. The example I'll give you is, um, so for a lot of all the, for the TEDx that we did in Christchurch, so we did, the first one I worked on was at the Isaac Theatre Royal. Um, I was coaching an 11 year old and her mum to deliver to a stage of 1600 people. Uh, wow. They had no issues, no stuff ups, you know, no retakes. It was recorded live and just, you know, put out to the world live. TEDx Scott Bass, on the other hand, limited audience because it's Scott Bass. I think they had about 30 people. It was being recorded and everyone in there had a minimum double degree, right? So these are smart people. They had the most retakes out of any event, event that we've ever hosted because they were all subject matter experts and they were speaking to their peers and it scared them a lot. So just, I think a lot of people should take that in mind when when it's like, oh, we're just going to do in-house presentations. It's like, it'll be fine. It's like, no, no, it's actually the hardest ones to do. Um, okay. the, the second part on that, for, for, for size differences, what we have to take into account is our physiology. So the bigger the audience, the bigger we are. 
the smaller the audience, we don't have to be as large with our, with our gesturing. So, you know, there are, there are all these myths around, oh, you know, you shouldn't talk with your hands because they're distracting. Of course you should talk with your hands. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if we just do the classic old, you know, like what portion of our communication is this and this and this, our physiology is our biggest part, right? So if we're standing still and not giving off any hints of our actual emotional connection to a, to, to a subject, how do we expect our audience to do the same? So we have to have movement so the bigger the audience the bigger the movement has to be the bigger the gestures the bigger we have to be now obviously if you're speaking from a lectern that is really hard to be interactive and engaging with an audience when you've got this damn lump of wood between you and them so it means you have to be even more consciously aware of just that if you're only using half your body then it means that your tone your pitch your variation and your hand gestures are going to have to be a lot bigger as well right okay Excellent. That's, uh, look, I've never considered it in that way before, and I know lots of different people have uh, lots of different views on hand gestures and movements, but you've just clarified that uh, beautifully, so thank you. Pleasure. Um, <laughs> any, uh, any differences from your perspective, Michael, in, in, say, an approach for a business owner who may be listening and thinking about getting into this world where they may not be in, in, be in it presently? in terms of, say, you know, the approach for doing a podcast versus a video segment? Or, again, are there some similarities and the key, the key um, fundamentals there? Yep. So, uh, I mean, a podcast is a little bit more user-friendly for people who are a little bit shy, right? So um, a podcast, you can have some notes somewhere that you, can, that you can have a glance at. And because it's not on camera, it's not going to impact it so much. So I'd probably say your safest entry level would be a podcast. Yep. Uh, from there, the cool part about video is that video doubles up into two different things. You can actually crop a video out into a podcast. So you can, you can get multi-use. So a lot of the stuff we're talking about is essentially marketing, right? Like how can I yeah. get more bang for my buck from being out there, being uh, exposing myself? So I think you would work your way to video. Um, and once you're doing video, you can then get it cut down into a podcast as well. Yeah, I hope you've never got into trouble exposing yourself before. Not too much. <laughs> uh, on that note actually strange here's a strange thing and yeah. if, if anyone's from Christchurch they might know this but I grew up at the Rolleston uh Sun Club ah right okay yep right, right? So the Rolleston Sun Club when I grew up I grew up in a yeah. nudist colony uh wow. yeah <laughs> oh I hope you've had no issues with skin cancer mate no 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 <laughs> back in the day the sun wasn't as bad very true, very true. Um, so just in terms of, you know, yourself, New Zealand's number one speaker coach, and I like the fact that you've owned that title, and I've read, the, you know, the reasons behind that, it's, that's really cool. You, you, and I've read about your journey of becoming comfortable in your own skin, and that's something I can really relate to. You know, for a long time with my tattoos, I've scared my clients seeing those, and, and, and at one point, I, you know, I sort of got over the imposter syndrome, I arrived and I realized, hey, this is who I am. And, you know, you like it or you don't, you know, being authentic and real, which is, which is so important. And it's part of having a happy life. How can you, how can you business owners out there who, what, what can you help them do? What can I help them do? Did you say? Yeah, yeah. what can you help them do? You know, look, if they're, if they're thinking about a foray, I guess, into the online world of marketing and podcasting, you know, videos and all sorts of stuff. Where do you come in? What, what's, um, you know, I know that sounds like a bit of a dumb question, but I like asking dumb questions. Uh, what, is, what is it you can do? 
dumb dumb questions are great so you've actually asked that question at a really good time so this morning i was just talking to my team so uh, as you know uh, I, I imagine you know i run linkedin local christchurch right yep so part of that is i've got a team of seven people who help run this awesome uh, voluntary uh, event where we give all the ticket sales back to charities and stuff. What I wanted to do is I've got this cool team who are all multi-skilled in marketing, like digital marketing, uh, video production, um, copywriting, all these types of things. So what we've just done is we've actually just created a 12-week challenge where people can come on and learn how we do what we do, and um, they will actually be creating the content that we're creating as well. So um, And it's all specific to LinkedIn. But me specifically, what I can help with, with people, basically the background I have is pushing people to really get the outcome they want. So let's take uh, Lilia Tawa, for example. So Lilia, as you know, has become the most viewed TEDx talk in New Zealand. My wife selected her to speak. I coached her for, for TEDx. One of, the, one of the things there is that a lot of times we hold back out of fear of judgment, right? So it's that whole imposter phenomenon thing. My job is to push people to be a little bit more, whether it's right. more emotionally expressive, if they're missing that piece, whatever part is missing within them, uh, maybe they're a little bit too like too much like me. Maybe it's too much uh, emphasis on uh, charisma over there needs to be a little bit more content. So, you know, whatever area is missing, that's the bit that I'll identify and I'll help you with it. But most of the work I'm doing actually, uh, and this would be the same with lawyers, accountants, and tech, is I'm generally helping them be more human, uh, to, <laughs> to engage better at a more emotionally connected level with the audience. So mm -hmm. what's happening is, you know, it's the... It's the bane of knowledge, right? So the curse of knowledge, we know our industry so well that we forget sometimes that there are people in the audience that have no idea what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, been a real challenge for lawyers, basically, you know, getting out of the legal legalese and uh, the impenetrability of, of our craft and, and making that relatable and understandable for our clients uh, because we're totally. on the journey together. Totally. And I mean, it's, it's crucial, right? Because what happens is us humans have a tendency to not like feeling stupid. So it, with an audience, you know, the best way you can test out whether you've gone a little bit above their head is when you get to Q&A and no one has any questions. <laughs> but, um, pretty, pretty much, uh, there's a, two things happening there. One is with Q&A, you're asking an audience to become public speakers. Mm -hmm. And if there's 300 people in an audience, they are now a public speaker without any real, I mean, the speaker has had months to prepare. The audience member has minutes or seconds to prepare. And the reason they won't engage is because they just don't want to sound or look stupid in front of 300 people. So, I mean, if you want to resolve that, first and foremost, make sure that your content resonates with them and is pitched at the right level for them. Um, I like to say, to, to real high level people, I like to say, give me the example. And it's like, well, you know, AI is for this. And then I go, can you just add in uh, what I mean by that is? So if it's a high level concept and it's in a special language, just follow through with a specific example of what that means for layman, right? So it's yep. like, so I've catered to those people in the room who I need to impress. And then I've catered to the people in the room who are maybe potentially customers, but wouldn't understand what I said unless I gave a little translation. Yes. And then with the, with the audience, just give them a chance. 
So one of the things we did with one of my clients was uh, it was an 18 minute talk, right? And there's so much information coming in you in, at you in 18 minutes that mm. when you get to the end of it, go, do you have any questions? It's like, about what? That was, that was so much content. So what we, what we did at the end of his one is we just went, look, I've just spoken for a whole 18 minutes about a whole bunch of different stuff. And I no doubt you have some questions. You just might know, not know what they are yet. Take 30 seconds to have a quick chat with the people around you about any questions you might have. Go. And the audience literally spoke to each other. And what happens during that process is they get to think about what question they might have. And then by saying it out loud, they get to prepare in advance of how they're going to say it to mm. 300 people. And what he found was that the MC actually had to go, look, we've run out of time for questions because the, the audience was so engaged. So, you know, yeah. and that's what you're looking for, right? Like you give your time to speak. If you're not being paid to speak and you're speaking on these platforms, that's yes. time and energy that goes into it. And your reward is getting people to understand and engage with you at the end. And if they're not doing that, you've just wasted your time. Yeah. And so there's a key word in there for me, which is engagement. And that's fantastic. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Think about your audience, you know, not about yourself. It's not about, you know, because a lot of it is ego, right? Like I've got to get up there and I've got to share everything I know and I've got to sound amazing. And it's yes. like, well, it's just ego driven. That's all about you. What does your audience need? Yeah. You know, yeah. What, what did you need 20 years ago when you were just starting to understand what you now know so well? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, some really good uh, uh, insights there, Michael. Look, we're going to wrap up shortly because I know um, I know short and sweet is sweet. How can people connect with you if they want to learn more? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, my, my platforms are LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. But but LinkedIn is my primary one. My website, which is pretty simple, you know, www.michael.michaelfullbot.co.nz, something like that. Pretty easy. Just reach out to me. I So one of the things, I'll, I'll give you this really weird insight, right? So this is quite recent. And this is um, one of my superpowers is that uh, I have, I've got ADHD, right? And I used to joke about it. That you know, my skill is that I have a really short attention span. So when my when people start speaking, if you don't keep me engaged right off the bat, I'm just yeah. switched out and I'm gone. So it turns yeah. out that my joke was real. I actually have ADHD, um, <laughs> which, is, which is kind of cool. It's like you know, I'm I'm 46 now, and it's like I've just figured out this thing. So mm. one of the things is that as as a keepsafe for a person like myself, what I've done is I've structured my calendars in a way that. Uh, I have, I have consultation days on Fridays and you can jump on my website and book a call with me on a Friday. That way uh, my ADHD brain doesn't get dis disturbed for the rest of the week so I can do my job. Fantastic. Oh, that's, <laughs> awesome. that's awesome. And look, yeah, I, can, uh, I can relate to the ping-ponging of uh, things going on and around inside the head. So um, yeah, well, I think we've, we've again got some similarities there. Uh, look, I, I want to thank you very much for your time, um, giving your time today to appear on this edition of the Real Business Solutions podcast. My mission with this podcast is to try and help business owners uh, be better and do better business and, and drag businesses into the 21st century. I think what you do is fantastic. Uh, I've been inspired by it. Uh, I look forward to meeting you in person uh, one day. Yeah, look, I just wish you every success for what you're doing and uh, keep up the great work. Brilliant. Thank you for thank you for the invite, Brad. I'm always happy to share what I can. 
And if, if people do want to get in touch, even if it's just to sort of like five, you know, I've got this thing, can you give me some advice? I'm more than happy to help. But just to add to that, on my, on my website, there is a ton of free resources. Everything we've spoken about here and more is actually on my website and you can access it for free. So jump on Amazing. there. I'm, I just really, I think the biggest thing for me is that if we can all learn to communicate our deeper thoughts, feelings and emotions uh, better, it's going to help us in our personal lives and our professional lives. And I just want to do whatever I can to make that happen. So thank you for the opportunity to get more of that message out there. Fantastic. What a, what a great um, mission. That's fantastic. Look, thank you once again to all those listeners out there listening to this episode of the Godfrey's Law Real Business Solutions Podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you on board with us once again. If you'd like to get in touch, you know how to find me, drop me a line, give me a call, stay today, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, look, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time. Cheers.